0: stuff to pray about, um, stuff that God's putting on all of our hearts, obviously. Um, you know, there's stuff that you guys go through, that we go through as a family. There's stuff that we go through individually. There's just stuff happens. Life happens. And, um, you know, it's there's needs out there. We talked about last yesterday, you know, sitting down with the pastors. We talk about the needs and the apostles and how you know Jesus, when he sent him out, he's like dude you're you're going to fill a need. It's not like it's you know you're gonna go and give a great speech, you know it's like we're going to do stuff. we're going in the name of Jesus to heal and to love on people, and we don't just share a common love, we don't just share a love that costs money, you know it costs the Father his son, you know, and um." We want to be praying about this stuff. There's some stuff coming up and, um, you know, we'll talk about it later. But, you know, we we want to be praying about stuff like that. Because if God's wanting to work with us, you know, we talk about being beloved and, you know, being loved to one another. But we also we're were being Jesus to other people. That was the last point of, of the vision for this group. You know, we have to step out in faith. So if God's moving in this group and he wants us to go down there, let's do it. There's, there's nothing. Why are we, why are we stopping? What's holding us back? You know, we want to be stretched. We want to grow. We want to, you know. It's in the message tonight, so let's get into it first of all, and we'll go from there. Let's pray one more time, Lord. We just thank you so much, Lord, that it's not about us. It's not about you know the calluses that we get in our hands from working for you. It's not about, Lord any of our abilities lord it's not about what we can obtain lord but it's just all about everything that you did on account of our sin lord everything you did to to clear the slate all the examples that you set for us in the gospels your holy spirit that descended upon your people that they may be entrusted the oracles of god Lord, the people that you've anointed to preach your gospel in in the first century, Lord. Lord, what you did through lives, Lord, just to heal and bring healing to hearts, to broken people. So, Lord, that's what we proclaim from this pulpit. Lord, I pray that you would be my words, Lord, that, that everything just would flow naturally and organically, Lord. But that nothing would be out of my own flesh. Lord, but that it would just be about your love, Lord. I pray that you would just strengthen me and you know what I've been through, Lord, and you know my abilities and my thoughts, and I just pray, Lord, that it would just be all about you tonight. Open up your word, open up our hearts to what you have for us in Jesus' name. So we talk about this. We talked uh, last week about love and we took a little trip down the roman's road and you know how we realized that we have no innocence we there is no innocence for us we're not innocent at all you know uh there is none no none righteous no not one and we've all fallen short of the glory of god and we recognize the danger that um of that spiritual reality uh, apart from jesus apart from jesus we are spiritually dead there is no quote unquote, spirituality. There is no philosophy. There is nothing that can get us to heaven apart from Jesus. So we came to grips with that kind of, it's kind of awakening to me studying it. And, you know, the fact that Jesus can either be our advocate or he could be our judge. It's like, dude, those two did completely opposite things. But if he's just our advocate, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins how beautiful is that I love that and just you know with this per- wicked and perverse generation that we're out in the industry we're all working we're all doing stuff you know and it's wicked but dude the gospel is just so much more precious to them it's just so much it, they want it more they know they want it they know they want closure you know this country is like oh hope we have the, the, the hope dude dude they don't know hope until they know Jesus and to us you know we, we've talked about growing in the Lord and uh, we've talked about experiencing Jesus you know in a deeper way uh, we all want to you know experience him to the great exponential power you know we just want to keep experiencing him in everything in our daily walks whatever it might be you know at work we want to experience him so how what do we do what is where's the manual you know do we have a manual yes of course you know i I love the fact that this is all we need you know this is the protocol you know this is what we have to share it's not anything different it's not you know we're a a new commandment you know this is what we have to give the world but how do we share if we don't know it You know, how do we share it if we don't know it? How do we share it if we don't know Him who was before the earth and the universe was created? The Word that was made flesh, the Word that existed before the universe existed, that was made flesh and dwelt among us. So that's what we're going to talk about today. 1 John chapter 2. My wife made a good suggestion, so I'm going to follow her little tool she gave me. I'm going to read the whole thing, that way I don't skip anything. (laughs) so now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments he who says i know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him but whoever keeps his word truly the love of god is perfected in him by this we know that we are in him he who says he abides in him ought also himself to walk just as he walked Brethren, I write no new commandment to you, but an old commandment, which you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write to you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. So first of all, the crux, the source, the power, the fuel, whatever you want to call it. For our mission, each and every one of us, our individual mission is the first first years. Now by this, we know that we know him to know him what it is to what is it to know him you know we want to be in knowledge we want to be in one accord we want to be in unison with what his business is about you know I work for a company I know what my company is about I know where the business is driving I know what they expect of me and I'm to go with them I'm to go and follow you know their protocol just like that with Jesus you know we know what his business is about His business is about seeking the lost. His business is about healing hearts. His business is about sharing a gospel of reconciliation when somebody that doesn't know, like those kids that don't know what reconciled means, they don't know what it's like to be reconciled to their families. They don't know what it's like to be reconciled to a friend. But Jesus is our friend. He calls us friends. And here we are at this point where we need to know his business. We need to know His ways, and we need to walk in them. We need to know His promises, and we need to walk in those also. We need to know the fullness of His love. We need to know that every part. If you could map out Jesus's love, not only would it represent the world, because He loves the world, for God so loved the world, right? That would be the bottom layer of this Photoshop file. I like speaking in Photoshop terms, but the bottom layer and the filter would be the above it would be his word, just covering the entire world and showing from Genesis one all the way to revelation what love really is, so we are to know this, we are to have an urgency, and like we said, we are to continue this letter was written to for us to continue believing in the name of Jesus as we become ambassadors of the Messiah as we be, become the beloved of him you know we we are called his beloved as as we sit at his feet his dear children as we be loved to one another as we are loved to one another you know as we show love to each other you know not only you know carrying helping carry the burdens for each other but praying for one another you know that's a big part but also we got to recognize sin you know, and I'm not saying that you guys are in sin. You know, we're all in sin. We're all, we're all unrighteous. We're all unclean. We're an unclean thing. Even our righteous deeds uh, are, are filthy rags before him and they need to be repented of. You know, that's not, it's not about our, what we do. It's about what he's done. So the thing is, is that we just need to recognize it and to say, Hey, you know what? That might not be a road you want to walk down. You know, this is what it leads to, you know, but in love. Because that's how Jesus went to the Samaritan woman. That's how Jesus goes to those kids to, at Allendale through those counselors and just says, okay, check this out. I'm going to show you how to love these kids. You know, yeah, the computer spits it out, whatever. He's sovereign. He knows what he's doing. But we're loved to one another. We're not bringing division to the members of the body of Christ. And on top of that, we're being Jesus to everybody else that doesn't know him. You know, we, we always talk about that. We're bringing the gospel to not only the outcast, but we're bringing the gospel to the popular. Not only are we bringing it to the lustful, we're also bringing it to the people that are unloved, the reject and the person that everybody knows. It's not just for a certain, you know, uh, people group. It's for the whole world. And so we need to be the correct representation of God and we just of God and his love that we just see some people saved dude that's what it's all about just seeing some people saved. we must realize that the ultimate ingredient behind uh the vision of this group and this text that we're going to get into is love it's just loving loving people and you know that's you can't go to Camp Ballendale and show them something else they don't need anything else they've gotten everything else they've experienced everything else they haven't experienced the love of Jesus and how do we get that love is to know him you know the best part uh, about how we get this love is not based on what we do our abilities and our capabilities it's about what he's done on the cross it's not about you know what we've produced what we've made it's about abiding in the vine we can't do nothing right that's what the bible says apart from me you can do nothing we won't be fruitful. We won't know what love is. We won't understand the, the cost that God paid for, for our sins to be just nullified. For us to be clothed in righteousness. That's what love is. God's plans just right there unfolded for us. That's what love is. It should never suffice us just to know of Him, right? We know, everybody knows of Him. Everybody's heard of Jesus, and they've maybe heard of him in a in a weird way, or they've heard of him in a cool way, but to us, for us that call ourselves Christians, we are to know him intimately, and we are to live in that power of that intimacy. There's nothing better just to be at his feet. There's nothing better to just desire to know him as a friend, not just you know, a coworker or a distant family friend. No. He's the head. He's the head of my marriage. He's the head of, of this entire so-called religion, this relationship. He is the head. He's above all. There's no name under heaven, which we must be saved. just the name of Jesus. So we need to know that name. We need to press on to the deeper things of that name, we need to know its beginning and its end. We need to know that He is the Alpha and the Omega, not just you know a little glimpse of history, a little you know era that came up in history, which you know we marked as A.D. and B.C. It's not just about that little era, those quote-unquote three years of ministry. You know, God was eternal, is eternal, and He's going to be eternal. He keeps on being eternal. It's not that that the word eternal only exists with God because there's nothing else that's eternal besides God. So what are his commandments? It says here, Now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Matthew 22, Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. On those two things. And notice how both of them are fueled by love. Mark chapter 12 puts a little different spin on it. It says, And one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, Which is the first commandment of all? Jesus answered and said, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, traditional Jewish saying, And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So the scribe said to him, well said teacher, you have spoken the truth for there is one God and there is no other but he. And to love him with all, the heart, with all your heart, with all the understanding and with all the soul and with all the strength and to love one's neighbor as oneself is more than all the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices." Notice how he put all that love of God above all the works. And this is a scribe speaking. It's not a believer. And Jesus said to him, uh, and now when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. You're almost there. You're almost there. You don't know me yet. You know, you you write my words down. Everything I say. Boom boom boom. You're writing everything down. Cool, cool, cool. You're reading this Bible. You're reading it all day long. But it's like a book. It's like a little, you know, Harry Potter book or something. It's not it's not you're not trying to dig in deeper. You're not trying to see the heart behind the author, the Holy Spirit. It's just words to you. That's where we must differ. As Jesus said, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. That love that we talk about, that love that we extend to people, that, that certificate of adoption into our eternal family. You know, it doesn't come by philosophy or psychology or some diet or something like that. It comes through the word of God. Through knowing him, knowing his love, and knowing his name. So why why did Jesus redo these commandments? You know, we got the commandments in the beginning. Moses had the commandments. They had been established. People had broke them millions and millions of times. So what, what happened? Like, did they, they get together? Like, Father, Holy Spirit, and Son got together and just had a little prayer meeting or something. And they're just like hey, let's reevaluate this whole thing. It's not going too well. No. No, it's not so. It's not, that's not what they did. The thing is, is that the law, what did, it, what did the law bring? What did we read? Romans 3.20, Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is only the knowledge of sin. We can only know that we're sinners by the law. That doesn't bring love. There's no love there. The law, there's no love in the law except for lust, right? Romans 8.3, for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. Romans 8.2, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. It has freed us from what the law was doing to people. Digressing back to what Jesus, uh, the new commandment, He said He was speaking to those who were trying to buy salvifical stock for eternal citizenship. They were trying to buy their way. They were trying to force their way into heaven. These scribes and these Pharisees, they were doing stuff, just doing stuff, piling up stuff. Like, you know, when we talk, Talk about God's promises and how the storehouses are just filled of God's promises. But on top of that, now the flip side was these Pharisees were just building works. Just piling look, Lord, look what I've done. Look what in the story that calls to mind is, is the, the person that goes up and is like, Lord, just please forgive me, I'm a wicked sinner while the Pharisees just like, yeah, I tied three four times a week or whatever. You know, it's not about those works. He was directing this new commandment about love to those who um, were trying to let the law be perfected in them. When God wants us to have his love perfected in us. So why the new commandment? Because the law only condemns us. The law only brought death. The law exploited our guilty verdict. The law brought guilt. It brought condemnation. And it did not contain the word love. It did not. The law exists that we may know our spiritual residency and keep us longing for our Savior who through the cross grants us eternal citizenship. The law could only bring something mortal Something tangible, something here, something now. You could only, okay, I've obeyed that law right now, and I just broke it right now. That's how fragile that law is. That's why it was broken more than once. You know, the tablets just broke. Think about that. John 15 says, As the Father hath loved me, so I have loved you. Continue ye in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Think about it. It's a reciprocation, right? Jesus showed love to the Father by being completely obedient. Now what does the end of that say? It says, just as I did that, you also abide in my love. That you may have obedience. The stuff that you can't conquer, you're going to conquer it the land that's there, the borders look tough, the people look gnarly, the sin is just there, it's heavy, but Jesus wants you to conquer that land because it doesn't belong to sin. It doesn't belong to those people. This heart doesn't belong to sin. The outsides, the hard part, the rind, if you would call it, of our heart does not belong to sin. It doesn't belong to Satan. This temple, the Holy Spirit, every room, every part, every member works for one thing, and that's to glorify God. So why are we letting Satan take little rooms here and become the squatter? in just little parts. Oh, yeah, you could have this little part. Jesus wants to conquer that. He's jealous. He doesn't like other people in his house. He doesn't like other people dwelling there. Just squatting and just being like a barnacle and just sucking the life out of people. Doesn't like that. So, what is the true metric unit of knowing him is keeping his commandments. Just those two. That's it. That through this process, we would know his love and continue abiding in it. But it's our choice. That's the deal. That's the issue right there. It's our choice. Today, it was, it was tough because somebody came up to me and I explained to them the gospel and they chose not to. They chose not to accept the love of God. How do you walk away from that? Like, plain and simple, they wanted to die and they said, I want to die and I want to go to hell because I know God doesn't exist. He says, I'm going to laugh at the atheists when they bow down to Jesus. Jesus. He doesn't know the reality. He doesn't know the the entire Word of God. He knows that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. He just doesn't know that his knee will also bow and also confess. He says, I'm going to laugh my butt off at those atheists when they bow to Jesus. How do you understand that? How do you take that in? I was leaving work. I was like, Lord, thank you. I'm done with my eight and a half hours. I'm ready to bounce. And then this girl comes in Hey, I can't deal with this customer. Can you go out there and help him out? I go out there and he has cerebral palsy. He's not, he can't control his limbs. And I'm like, heavy. How do I, what do I, how do, he's literally said, take all my money. I don't want to eat. I want to die. How do you, what do you say to that? I'm like, dude, Jesus has a plan. Oh yeah, I've heard of that plan. Like in his, like kind of, if you've heard David Abar speak kind of in that like voice, you know, just real, I could barely make out the words, but I know what he was saying. it's our choice people you know it's our choice and sad to say I don't know if this guy is going to die tonight I don't know if this guy is going to go and instead of being an advocate Jesus is going to have to play the part of a judge he doesn't want it he doesn't delight in the death of the wicked but he must be right God the Father must justify everything he imputed on his son that he can really clothe us with righteousness. It's not just a temporal righteousness. The parable of the sower, what, what does this remind me of? Reminds me of the parable of the sower in Mark chapter 4. It says, now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things entering enter in and choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. Notice how it doesn't kill the plant. Notice how it, it, the plant is still alive. There's just no fruit. It's still there. It still exists. A dead plant is a dead plant. And it starts to wither, but it's not dead yet. There's no nourishment. There's nothing nurturing it. The, the photosynthesis, photosynthesis is gone. It doesn't exist. But to us, you know, like when we were that plan, when we chose not to hear, when we chose to, to go against God's plan, you know, God just imputed grace. You know, all those times that my wife invited me to church, I'm like, no, I don't need that. I'm straight. I'm cool. I, I got my own thing. I'm making money. I'm doing my own thing. I'm having fun. I'm investing in the work of the flesh. And it's reaping benefits right now. And she would tell me, yeah, there seems a uh, a way that seems right to a man. But in the the end, it leads to death. I'm like, yeah, cool, I'm going to die. And everybody's going to die. But then when I came to church, and there, eternal life. Eternal life was presented to me. And it's like, okay, here's the deal. You have two choices. Joey made it so clear every time. You have two choices tonight. You can either leave here reconciled, you can leave here with peace, or you can leave here just rejecting and rebellious. Just like that, this plant, you know, there's no nourishment coming to it. The sun cannot force growth on something. You know, the plant has to be rooted, you know, that a lot of the... I share this with the kids at Calvary is some another plant that was mentioned here in mark chapter Four was a plant that had no root of itself it was basing it, its life on their family's salvation it was basing its life on the on the nourishment that they were receiving that they might be like just like just kind of reaching for it and getting some nourishment from it there was no root in it that was Dude, that hit them hard. It's it's dangerous. You know, I was reading uh I forgot what book it was. It's probably The World of St. John or one of those five books that I'm reading right now. That it said that, you know, um dang, I just went blank. Um Alright. Never mind. <laughs> never mind. Yeah, that's the Lord. <laughs> Well, the thing... What I was trying to say is that the Spirit wants to give life. The Spirit wants to give health. It wants to give nourishment to our lives. But we choose to either reject it or accept it. You know, as we talked about last time, it's our choice. You either want to follow Jesus, you either want to get up and read read your Bible, or you don't. But it shows priorities, right? It shows where we stack it. Is it like, you know, we have... Video games, softball, (laughs) food, knitting, sorry, Heidi. Uh, (laughs) I kind of hit all the spectrum, but I was missing this area right here. Surfing for some, sleep, yeah, name it. But where in that little, is it like Facebook, (laughs) Facebook? (laughs) Sorry, yeah, Red Sox. I keep going, just flesh piling up. Where do I put, where do I, where do I put, what'd you say? Oh, there it is. Hey, that was a tough one last night, huh? Some people are heated. (laughs) But where do we put, where do we put God? We choose to do it, right? We set up our agenda, we set up our flow chart, we set up everything in our life. We, okay, I, I'm going to go to sleep, okay, I'm going to do, get up, you know, have some gluten-free granola, okay, and then I'm going to go and uh, I'm going to go work out, you know, maybe do a little scarf here, here, there, check my Facebook, and then I'm going to go read the Bible. You know, we decide that, you know, I'm not, I'm not I'm, I love you guys, but we decide that we decide whether we want to follow Jesus or whether we want to just know him afar off. It's like, yeah, Lord, lead the way. Woo, you know? And just be one of those pu potato Christians that just slips by. Do you want to enter into heaven like like Joey just, you know, breaking through that that you know that finish line or do you want to just be like one of the kids that just like jogs in you know the the tassel that was right there is like on the ground it's all withered away it's all wilted you know like there's nothing there anymore people are just like walking by that's what i don't want from this group i'm accountable now (laughs) now that i've been prayed over and called a pastor i am accountable for you guys and i want all of us to be hand in hand as we go in and we go into eternity whether it's at separate times whatever it might be I want all of us to just plow through that finish line that's our goal that's what my goal is in preaching and, and doing whatever you know loving on you guys I don't want I don't want any of you guys to be just a straggler that would not be good for me so please don't fail Verse 5. Yeah. (laughs) Verse 5. I will be given a stronger, stricter judgment. (laughs) So whoever. we, We read here that he who says, I know him, that statement, and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. Literally, we are a liar. We are a liar and the truth, the word of God is not in us. Think about that. If we don't know His commandments, that means, okay, we don't know it. But to truly know His commandments and to know His heart, then we know that the Word of God is in us. Verse 5, But whoever keeps His Word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. To those of us who are willing, to those of us who want to go and just plow through that finish line, you know, we... we. We want to know him. We want to know the truth and we want his love to be perfected in us. To those of us willing to keep his word, you know, those who uh, not only rely on it for clarity and direction, we depend on it like it's our daily food, like it's our daily dose, our daily dose of salvation. We need to be saved every day. You know, it's not just a season in our lives. It's every day we we need to get saved. We need to get right with the Lord every day. We need to just keep that, the joy of our, our, our salvation, just constantly, just on repeat. You know, have that be the soundtrack of our lives, just the joy of our salvation. That first week, think about the first week you got saved. Just have that repeating over and over and live in that joy. That'd be perfect. And we not only need it for nourishment to our, our for us to grow in the Lord, but also for our souls, that they may be healthy. For our conscience, that it be clear. You know, for the Holy Spirit to be active and working in us. You know, that's what we need it for. Or else we won't know what's right from wrong. As Paul said, you know, if the law didn't exist, I wouldn't know what sin is. I didn't. I wouldn't know what covetousness is. If the law didn't say, thou shalt not covet. So through this word, we have a deeper relationship with God and consequently, we, we are continuously filled as we talked about last week. You know we choose to put it. Put God's word. We choose to put God at the top or the bottom. We choose to give him only a smidget of our life or we choose to give him our whole lives as we, as we sung today. Oh, here I am Lord. Here's my life consecrated, set apart to you. You do it. You map out my life. You map out my agenda. You give me these nuggets. Give me this word, Lord. In the morning, when I wake up, whenever it might be at night, that I may meditate on it so that the next day or my next divine appointment, I may use it with boldness because I know it so well. Because I know your heart. Because I've chosen to know who you are, Lord. Because I made that effort to know you, that you may speak to me. Lord, just honor that. That's the prayer. I I want to I want to pray that. Every, I don't, but I want to pray that. I want to I want to be used by the Lord. We we all need to be used by the Lord, because it encourages us. Like whoa, check it out. Look what the Lord did. Verse six. He who says he abides in Him ought also himself to walk just as He walked. How did Jesus walk? Sound like Kanye says. He walked. Not at all. You know, he he walked with purpose. He walked in obedience. He walked in the power of the Holy Spirit, not giving any room to the flesh. That's how he walked. That's the standard. You know, from Adam and Eve, you know, as, as they sinned, as they failed, you know, God just went and pursued them. He walked with them. And was like walking among them. Is like, hey, Adam, where are you? What are you doing? I'm gonna read to you Romans five, verses twelve to twenty-one. Whoa. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sinned. For until the law, sin. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned, according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. But the free gift is not like the offense. For For if by the one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man Jesus Christ, abounded to many. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation. But the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. For if by the one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who received abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's obedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous." Moreover, the law entered that the, one, that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Dude, that's nuts. So Jesus did it, right? He's our example. He's the one who, who from the beginning was like, alright, cool, you guys want to sin? Let's make a plan. And here's the plan. Here is the salvifical plan that God has made through Jesus, through His cross, through the life that was lived for those 33 and some odd years, through that ministry that lasted three plus years, whatever. But the history goes all the way back to where the plan was made. From the beginning, that was God's plan. As we see, as it... as as God just moved on this this earth, as the Spirit descended upon people, as it stood and rested upon people, people were used. And people knew the Lord. You know, Moses could only see his back. But then when Jesus came and actually lived and dwelt among us, whole different story. So, we must know that there is no other perfect God there's no other God that's been perfect for eternity from eternity into eternity so what is there more to ask of God he didn't even withhold his own son verse 7 Brethren, I write no new commandment to you, but an old commandment which you had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write to you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. A little confusing there, huh? New commandment, old commandment. What's he talking about? What's going on? Okay. We see the old commandment. We see the, the word from the beginning. And we also see the new commandment. The commandment that Jesus talked about in John chapter 14. That we should love one another. It's all the same because throughout eternity from God, when God was in the garden, when man sinned, love had to be imputed on that man. Because God saw the whole picture. He's like, okay, this is a law, this is part of the commandment. Because you can't can't keep that commandment. But the flip side is the love of God and how that's what you need to hold on to. This is what I'm going to show you through Jesus, through His life, and that's the new commandment. Simple, right? Easy? Yeah? Cool. David Guzik, if you're still confused, said this. The commandment John wrote of was at the same time both old in the sense that it was preached... Uh, to them, their whole Christian lives. So, from the beginning of, of Pentecost. And new in the sense that it was called the new commandment by Jesus in John chapter 13. So, if you don't understand, there it is from the man, DG. Verse 8. This was a tough one, yet it is also new, just kind of clearing it up. The commandment is true in Christ. This commandment is true in Christ and is true among you. That's what it says. Because the darkness is disappearing and the true light is already shining. So that's how the New translation, New Living Translation says it. The ESV says it a little different and it's almost as clear, but it's all right. New Living Translation will go with. So logically we can say that since this commandment is true in us and in him, The darkness or sin nature in us is disappearing because the light of Jesus is shining through us. Because the sanctification process continues to purify us, sin is naturally decreasing, that the light of Jesus would keep increasing. Amen. Amen. Verses 9 through 11 finish up here. He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Tough. If we say we are in the light and hate our brother, then the love that is supposed to be perfected in us cannot be manifested. Right? We talked about God's love and how it's supposed to be made perfect in us as we go on into eternity, as we run the race and we're going forward, we're being perfected, we're being sanctified, we're being purified. And what happens? At the end of the road, we will be like Him, sinless, pure, holy. Right? But If we say we are in the light and hate our brother, that cannot be so. So we must love our brothers and abide in the light. Plain and simple. We trust in the light. We rely on the light. We remain in the light. Bottom line. There's no cause for stumbling. If we remain in the light, everything's there. It's not like we could, you know, just stumble over a sin because, no, the light, boom, there's sin. I choose to walk around it. I'm good. But if we're in the darkness, everything seems fuzzy. Everything seems like, oh, where where am I going? Kind of like haunted mansion or something. You know, it's just weird. Like, everything's dark. You don't know where you're going. Oh, stumbled over something. You know, we don't notice sin if we're outside of the light. If we're in the haze, if we're in the darkness, we just, we can't comprehend it. We don't see it. So those who hate their brothers and sisters are walking in darkness bottom line they don't know where they're going um since the darkness has blinded their eyes that's it darkness is blinding our eyes we can't see where we're going we don't know where jesus is at we don't know if we're going in the wrong direction as we saw in that earth dvd over there you know we if if the elephant the elephant's clearly following a trail you know, it's clearly following the mom's trail, but then it just doesn't. It's it's following from afar off. This little baby elephant. I'm sorry, I didn't paint the picture. This little baby elephant is following this little his mom's trail, and he thinks he's going in the right direction, but actually, he's going in the complete opposite direction. Why? How does that happen? He lost focus of the mom. He lost focus of the leader. He lost focus of everything that was giving it nourishment he lost focus of everything that was giving it love everything that would take care of it the safety the protection the the sovereignty all that it was it was right there with the mom but somehow he stumbled on something somehow the little baby elephant just decided to to go this way or cut corners or or maybe just play some hide-and-go-seek and see if the mom would come back to him do you see that how when we go and we just start steering away from what the Lord has for us, God's will is here. And we start doing these little curvatures here and there, you know, stopping over here, doing something here. And then we lose focus of what God has for us. We lose focus of everything that's in God's will. And next thing you know, we're going the complete opposite direction. How sad. So, to say we know him, let's conclude this. To say we know him, we must keep his commandments. If we keep his word, truly the love of God will be perfected in us. If we say we abide in him like we should, we must walk as he did. To say we are in the light requires evidence of love and the abolition of hate. Those of us who love our brethren abide in the light and walk freely. Those of us who hate our brethren walk in darkness, have no purpose, and are blinded by darkness. Concluding all that we read today. All these valuable statements, they are all made true or absent or existing by the word love. Because that's what started this whole text. If we know him, if we let his love be perfected in us. This love is a love that never fails. This love is a love that casts out all fear. This love is not common. It's what shows the depressed comfort. It's what comforts the depressed. It's the love that was showed to the paralytic, to the Samaritan woman, to the blind man. As, as people brought this, this paralytic, this leper, they brought him and tore off the roof to let him through that Jesus might heal him. That's the kind of love that we should show to that per cerebral palsy guy, to everybody that we touch, everybody that we have an, uh, a sense of you know communication with those are the people that we need to show. We need to bring them to Jesus. That's the point of this letter. You know, that we may know God's love and we may share it with other people. The love that Jesus extended to humanity is as as wide as the length between His arms as He spread them to, to, to get the nail through. He's just there just there just sitting there he's like this is i can't spread them any any bigger and that's how wide just like our sins are 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 as far as the east is from the west from us that's how wide his love is as we read before as as sin just snowball effect just bigger and bigger love jesus bigger and bigger as the world kept sinning and investing in diseases and everything, just love again, over and over, exponentially. He had to do it. Where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. And grace was the only thing. Its fullness, the the word grace in its fullness cannot be said without love. You can't say grace and say, oh, yeah, grace is without love. can't say that. The crux of grace is rooted in the love that God showed for his people. And that's the love that we want to share with the people at Camp Allendale and among us and to other people. And that's it. Lord, we just thank you, God. Thank you for sustaining us for this word. Thank you for clearing up this word. Thank you for just your your grace and your love, Lord. Thank you for manifesting yourself, making yourself real, making yourself tangible to us. The word that we handled with our hands, just the things that you show us, where you lead us, where you provide for us. Lord, it's all about you. Lord, without you, we can do nothing. There's no nourishment to our souls. There's no nourishment to our spirit. There's no growth apart from abiding in the fullness of who you are. So, Lord, we just pray that we would abide in you, that we would keep asking for more and more nourishment, that we would keep asking to to remove the blinders from our eyes. Lord that you would be the, the eternal optometrist to us. Lord that we would see through eternity what you have for us, Lord. I pray God that you would just be with every individual here, Lord, and Father that you would just grow us in leaps and bounds. Lord that we would get rid of that sin nature that's making our heart hard on the on the borders. Everything, every room in this temple, every part of, of this temple, this holy where the Holy Spirit dwells. Lord, may you have freedom in it. May you desire to go in every room and just make yourself at home. In our mind, in our soul, in our hearts, Lord, our conscience, everything, Lord. We give you, we consecrate everything to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Cool, guys. Little announcement besides my ramblings. um, We pastors have kind of got together and we just, just, you know, us, we've all been together and hung out. It's kind of weird to say. I know what's going to happen. Uh, um, we're praying about going to England in 2010. We, like, like for reals. And, um, uh, yeah. The, well, yes, but, you know, obviously there's going to be people that are going to be, you know, it's going to be a team. And the thing is, is this team... Is gonna do a bunch of stuff like maybe Allendale will probably be in the midst of that, for sure. But we, you guys, want to be real prayerful in the next couple of weeks and months. Um, but we're gonna plan something out structured so that you guys can pray a little bit more in one direction. But please be praying for this, because it it, it could be just England. It could be other things also. And, um, but we want to, Joey said that beloved would be the umbrella. So we would be the, yeah, yeah, we will be Sparta. We will be 300. You know, we will be that the main meat of the group. But obviously we, we're going to have youth and we're going to have adults and stuff like that. But we're just, please just pray. Just pray. Um, dude, we would, I would love for all of us to go. You guys are like the main group. You know, you guys, I love you guys. And I would love for you guys, especially you, you know, you, and you and obviously my wife. Yeah, but we've all talked about it. We've talked about missions. We've talked about doing stuff, you know, and it'd be awesome for you guys to go. Of August. <laughs> Just pray, dang it. That's what I I was going to